Welcome to A Change of Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Angel Walston. And in this space, we navigate life together. We ask the hard questions like, what is the truth you haven't told? But most importantly, we grow together. And sometimes that leads to A Change change of Heart. 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 Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of A Change of Heart Podcast. I am Angel Walston, and today we are going to be talking about healing from disappointment and learning to forgive yourself. And because we have such heavy topics today, I thought that it would be really good to do a very loving, encouraging, lighthearted question of the day. So today's question of the day is, what is something that you love about yourself? And I would say that what I love about myself is that I'm a pretty chill person. Like for the most part, I'm very low key. I'm very low maintenance. And that is my personality consistently. Like you're not going to get a lot of change up with me. I love the fact that I don't require a lot of attention. I'm not someone who, you know, I don't need people to check up on me a lot, I should say. But I'm definitely someone who it... It's very easy for me to be happy literally with the bare minimum, not when it comes to standards and men, but in life, okay? So I really do love that for myself, and I love the fact that I'm able to um, pretty much go with the flow for the most part. I don't I don't need a lot. I'll say that much, and I love that for me. So you all know the deal. If you're watching this on my YouTube channel, you can leave your answer in the comment section, or you can leave your answer in the question box on my Instagram stories at Angel. Angel C. Walston. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into today's topic of healing from disappointment and learning to forgive yourself. And I felt like these two these two topics could very well tie into one another, which is why I'm doing them together. And I want to be mindful of time, but I'm hoping that we'll be able to get through both of them today. If not, they'll just be a part two, which is perfectly fine. But I feel like they're, they very much so can coincide with one another. And so I wanted to do them together because I definitely believe that There are two things that we somewhat talk about, but not really at the same time. A lot of times in dealing with disappointment, we don't necessarily talk about how to get over that or how to move from that. And we don't always address how disappointment can definitely leave you in a place where you become bitter, where you close people out, you become guarded. And even the same thing with learning how to forgive yourself. When you're struggling with not knowing how to forgive yourself, it can also make you bitter. It can also make you close other people out because if you don't know how to forgive yourself, you it's very unlikely that you will be able or even willing to forgive others. And so in thinking about this, I wanted to go through some things about how to heal from disappointment because I want you all to really just be in a space where you're able to heal in all areas of your life, not just the areas that seem easy, not just the areas that you may think are important in this time, but truly be overall healed and to really be able to allow yourself to go through the process to go through all of the different things so that you can fully heal so the first thing in healing from disappointment is acknowledge what happened or what led to the disappointment and this is important because a lot of times whenever we have something that disappoints us our pride can rise up and say no you're not disappointed you're not let down you're not feeling any type 
type of way because we don't want to acknowledge that someone hurt us. We don't want to acknowledge that someone disappointed us or let us down. And we will put in our minds that we're not disappointed because I knew it would end up like this. I knew you would end up like this. I knew you would treat me like this. I knew it would fall through. I knew it would fail, whatever it might be. Our pride will not allow us to really just sit with the disappointment because we're too busy trying to act as though it didn't hurt. It didn't disappoint us. It didn't let us down, even though it it did. And it's necessary for you to be able to acknowledge what happened and to acknowledge what led to you feeling disappointment because there's a lesson there. It teaches you what to do, what not to do next time. And it also enables you to be able to recognize what the cause of it is in order for you to heal from it. We have to understand that what you choose not to deal with does not stop dealing with you. Just because you say, I don't want to deal with this right now. I don't want to address this. I don't want to acknowledge this. I want to act as though this doesn't exist. That does not mean it stops dealing with you. And we can have a bad habit of tucking things away, putting things in the far back of our mind and not addressing, not acknowledging as a means of acting though, acting as though it did not hurt us, acting as though it did not impact us in any type of way. But you have to recognize that even though you don't want to address something or you don't want to acknowledge something that happened, that does not mean it doesn't have an impact on your life. And until we can get to a place where we're willing to acknowledge what has happened, what has transpired, what led to us being disappointment, it will continue to impact our lives. And as I was talking about in last week's episode about being whole, being healed, and being authentic, specifically the being healed part, we have to recognize that when we don't allow ourselves to heal, we end up going around bleeding on other people. And so we have to be in a position where we're willing to address the disappointment. We're willing to acknowledge that this happened so that we can allow healing to even take place so that we're not going around bleeding on other people as a result of us not acknowledging what led to us being disappointed. Going along with that is it is necessary to grieve unmet expectations. This is going to set somebody free right here. Grieve unmet expectations. And there are so many layers to this. I'm going to try to get through like the basic ones, but it's important for you to grieve unmet expectations because the definition itself of disappoint is to fail to fulfill the expectations or wishes of. And in order for us to be able to heal from disappointment and to move forward from disappointment, we have to grieve what was. We have to be willing to grieve the unmet expectations. And the reason why I use that term grieve is because for some of us, the disappointment was the result of a loss. And although I think when we associate a a loss with something, we associate it with death. And it's not always the result of a death. It can feel like it, but it's not always the result of like an actual physical loss. Sometimes it's the removal of a person out of your life. Sometimes it's the ending of a job. It's an ending of something that happened that was out of your control. And we have to go through those process that go through the process and go through the steps of grieving so that we can really get on the other side of it. So when thinking about this idea of grieving unmet expectations, 
You can grieve unmet expectations of yourself. You can also grieve unmet expectations of others. But something that's important that we really have to be willing to go through the process of is resolving the conflict of unmet expectations that were never communicated. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. You have to resolve the conflict of unmet expectations that you never communicated. Because if we want to be honest, some of us are dealing with disappointment because we had expectations of people that we never communicated to them. We never told them. So this person is walking around, not even knowing that you're disappointed with them, not even knowing that they've let you down, not being aware in any form or fashion that you even have an issue at this point because there were expectations expectations that were never communicated. And an example of this is say that you, I don't know, you become friends with somebody. And for you, your expectation is a good friend calls you at least three times a week. I'm just throwing it out there. Don't call me three times a week. I don't need that. But just for an example, good friend calls you three times per week. So this person calls you once per week and you feel as though that person is not showing up for you. You feel as though the friendship is one-sided. You feel as though that person is not being a good friend to you because they only call you once a week when your expectation is a good friend calls you three times per week, but you never communicated that to the person. So they feel as though the once per week that they're doing, they feel like everything is fine. They don't know that there's trouble in paradise. They don't know that there is any kind of problem or any issue with it because you never communicated that to them. And a lot of us are walking around upset at unmet expectations that the other person knows not a single thing about. Make it make sense, y'all. Make it make sense. We can't because we cannot have the expectation that someone should do or be or meet an expectation that they're unaware of. People are not mind readers. They can't always connect the dots. People aren't reading between the lines. Common sense is not as common as it used to be in these streets. You have to communicate things to people. But a lot of us have carried disappointment in our parents. Can we talk about it? We have carried disappointment with with our parents because of unmet expectations. And hear this, as children, even as adults, but still children, as adults, we can feel as though this is what you were supposed to do as my parent. But it was something that still was not communicated. And we have these expectations of people that we carry around. And when they let us down, when they don't meet those expectations, we then find ourselves disappointed in them. But it's something that wasn't communicated. And although I do think that it's important to have people to take responsibility for the ways that they drop the ball. It's also important for us to be able to be accountable and to take responsibility in the ways that we have set expectations that were unrealistic, not because the expectation was unhealthy or toxic or something that could not be met, but it was just simply not communicated. And so we had the expectation or for a person to act in a way that they didn't know they were expected to. And so when we're thinking about grieving these unmet expectations. Sometimes it is a result of an expectation that was not communicated, but then there's also the side of it where you have expectations of people that you have clearly communicated. You have potentially even 
over communicated what the expectation was. However, for whatever reason, they were not able to make it. They were not able to meet that expectation. They were not able to be the person that you hoped for them to be. The job didn't go the way that you thought that it would. School didn't go the way that you thought it would, whatever it might be. And that can be a tough pill to swallow, but it's something that we have to work through as well because we have to get to a place where we're able to acknowledge, as I was saying earlier, acknowledge what happened, what led to the disappointment. You don't have to sit there, unravel and pack and play in the mud there by any means, but take the moment to acknowledge it. But then also take the time to go through the go through the process of grieving it because a lot of us are still in denial. We're in the process of grieving climate expectations and we don't even realize it. Some of us are in the denial process of our grieving of disappointment and we got to move past that as well. We got to move from being in denial to acknowledging, accepting it to be what it is so that we're able to move forward. And in talking about these grieving unmet expectations, mind you earlier, I also said that you need to grieve unmet expectations of yourself. Can we talk about it? Okay. We have to address perfectionism here, y'all, because for some of us, the reason why we are disappointed is because we are wrestling with perfectionism and we want everything to be perfect. And when it does not come out completely perfect, then we are disappointed when it's not that your expectations are too high. They need to be adjusted in a way that is realistic because we can put ourselves in a position where we end up focused on this outcome that this is the only way that it can be and if it can't be like this then it's wrong it's not going to work it's going to fail all of these other things and we end up setting ourselves up for the okie doke because we want it to be this particular way not recognizing that that may not be the best way and also not recognizing that it it's another way that can work too and that's okay as well it doesn't have to be this way or nothing it can be this way or another way and so in thinking about this idea of perfectionism some of you have been walking around with disappointment in yourself because you have not met your goals you have not done the things that you wanted to do when it's rooted in perfectionism that is actually hindering and blocking you from getting to where you want to be because you're so consumed with what you think it should be like you have to understand that in this idea of healing disappointment we have to be willing to adjust we have to be willing to pivot we have to be willing to do it differently and if we are so stuck in it has to look this way it has to be this way it has to do this it has to all of these different things we are never going to get anywhere because we're going to be in a cycle of perfection paralysis and I don't want that for you I want you to be in a space where you're able to not just be excited about the things that you're doing Doing, but that you're in a position that you're not beating yourself up in the process. Because another thing of dealing with unmet expectations when it comes to yourself is that you can make the mistake of making the disappointment very personal in the sense of something may have failed and you will say, I failed. I am a failure. And so you attach when it doesn't go right or when it doesn't work out in the way that you want it to, you make that thing so personal that it's not just whatever you were trying to do failed. You're the failure. And that's not true. And so when we're going through this whole process of healing disappointment, we have to be willing to one, acknowledge how we speak to and about ourselves, but also be willing to recognize how deep 
perfectionism can put us into a space where our expectations are skewed or they are unrealistic if we want to be honest like unrealistic to the point that it's not attainable and you feel like you're failing when you've set a goal or you've set this idea this expectation that truly is not attainable at the level at which you are trying to do it which brings me to my next point is that you have to be willing to ask for help where you need it a lot of times when we are looking at failure or disappointment when it comes to goals, when it comes to work, when it comes to school, when it comes to anything that requires you to do or be something. It's not a, a disappointment that is associated with another person per se. You have to be willing to ask for help where you need it. For example, there are people who are great at taking tests. They don't have to study for real. They can do literally the absolute bare minimum and they can ace it. They can get the best grade in the whole class. There are other people who are intelligent, but they have to study for hours and hours and hours in order to retain information and in order for them to pass the test. And sometimes it's not even with an A. Sometimes it's a C plus. And there are people who have to get tutors as a result of that. Is there anything wrong with the person who has to get a tutor so that they can do better on a test when they're working with someone whose literal purpose is is to help them in what they are doing. Where they lack, this person is proficient to be able to help in. And the reason why I bring this up is because it's important for you to consider that some of the things that you feel like you're failing at, that you're finding yourself wrestling with disappointment, is not because you can't do them. It's simply because you need help. You need someone who can help you with it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't know if it's a society thing, if it's a social media thing, but it does appear that there is this idea that you have to do everything yourself and that if you have to ask for help, then that means that, that you're not capable, that you're weak, that you're this or you're that. That's absolutely not true. A lot of us have remained stuck and disappointed in a space that we don't want to be in because we refuse to ask for help. There's absolutely nothing wrong with asking for help, especially when you're asking for help from somebody who knows what they're doing and who can actually help and assist you in the thing that you are trying to do. So in order for you to really be able to move forward and to be able even to get to the place that you want to be, don't be afraid to ask for help. And also don't be afraid to try again because a lot of times... When we deal with disappointment specifically with our goals, we feel as though throw the whole plan away. No, sometimes there are just things that need to be refined. There are some things that need to be fine-tuned. There are some things that need to be switched around. The formula itself may not be broken. It may just need to be adjusted. I cannot stress enough the power of adjustment. So just take that in mind as you are thinking about this. Another component of healing from disappointment is learning to forgive yourself. Y'all see how it all ties in now? Y'all see how we got here? Learning to forgive yourself because a lot of times as we are dealing with the disappointment factor, as I mentioned earlier, we will play the scenarios over and over in our head about how we should have been this, we should have known this, we should have saw this coming, we should have known that it would turn out like this. 
When the truth of the matter is some things you could not have known it was going to turn out the way that it did. You really could not have done anything differently to get a different outcome. And so in going through this process of learning to forgive yourself, you have to be willing to accept that you did the best with the information that you had. And we have to learn how to give ourselves grace in that because so many of us will beat ourselves up and we will get so frustrated with ourselves because I should have known. I should have saw, I should have been more aware, I should have been more alert, I should have trusted this, I should have trusted that. And we will go through the shoulda, coulda, wouldas forever and play the scenario out over and over and over about what we should have done or what we could have done to protect ourselves when in reality you made the decision based off of the information that you had and we can beat ourselves up for letting someone who hurt us get too close to us in the first place but not taking the moment to also acknowledge that based off of what they had showed you up until the point of them hurting you what they showed you initially at least you could not have known that it would turn out the way that it did. And so as you are going through this process of healing from disappointment and really positioning yourself to forgive yourself, it's important to accept that you did the best that you could with the information that you had. You have new information now, and now you're able to act accordingly for sure. But initially you responded with the information that you had, and you can't beat yourself up for that. You have to learn to extend yourself grace in that manner. Another thing about forgiving yourself is being willing to acknowledge how you self-sabotage. Can we have a little bit of a story time here? So something that I have become aware of recently is whenever I'm getting to a point where I am either getting ready to embark on something new, I'm getting ready to operate at a level that I have not before or I'm getting to a space where I am growing personally in other ways in my life, I tend to self-sabotage. And I just realized what the way is that I self-sabotage. And so although I always say this is a safe space, I love y'all mean it, we ain't in this space yet where I'm willing to share specifically how I self-sabotage. But even with the vagueness, you all can comprehend what it is that I'm the the point that I'm trying to make. And that is what I realized for myself is whenever I find myself getting to a place where good things are going to happen, there's something that is something I'm launching. So whether it's the podcast or starting something new, I tend to do something that in return, I feel guilty about. And what I've started to recognize is that I feel guilty about doing this thing, but I continue to do this thing because it puts me in a position that if what I am growing in, what I'm going to launch, what I'm getting ready to start, if it fails, it's almost like a default mindset of I can fall back on the fact that it failed because I did this and I shouldn't have. And I know that that does not make sense. Trust and believe me when I say I know that does not make sense. But the flip side to it, which is the self-sabotaging part of it is as a result of that, I tend to be less motivated. I tend to not do the things that I should be doing in order to make whatever 
whatever it is that I'm working on successful. So because of the way that I'm thinking associated with this thing that I do that I feel guilty about, I end up sabotaging what it is that I'm working on because I'm not putting my work ethic in the right place and I'm not doing what I need to to see it all the way through because I allow guilt to come in. And obviously the easy thing to do would be, well, don't do the thing that makes you feel guilty and then you don't have to worry about that, right? But what I realized for myself is that I'm doing this thing not necessarily because it's something that's so fun or something that I enjoy doing. I'm doing this thing because it really is this form of self-sabotaging that I can say, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, if it fails, it's because I did that thing, you know, because I did this here. And that's why it was, it was a consequence, not necessarily, but essentially a consequence of me doing this thing. And listen here, it's really not that deep trust and believe that, but ultimately that's how my mind works. And so it almost removes the responsibility and accountability of myself that if this fails is not because I didn't do the work. It's not because I didn't do this or because I didn't do that. It's because I made this decision over here. And that's simply just not true. And I share that because we all tend to self-sabotage in some way or another. So your thing may not be what I do, but we all tend to have something Whenever we're starting to heal even, whenever we're starting to embark on a new journey, we tend to have old habits, old people, old things that we return to even if it was dysfunctional, even if it was unhealthy, even if it was something that we shouldn't be returning to, we have these things that we go back to just simply off of a default setting that we return to that helps us to somewhat soften the blow of if something fails, we can blame it on this versus anything else. And we have to forgive ourselves for that because what we are ultimately doing is we're the roadblock to ourselves. We are our own stumbling blocks. We are the ones that are keeping ourselves from walking in the fullness of all that God has for us because whenever God is getting us closer to the woman who we have always been created to be, we sabotage and pull ourselves backwards. But I want to encourage you as I am reminding myself and encouraging myself that as you are growing, as you are maturing, as you are healing, as you're going through your journey of wholeness, as you are truly walking in authenticity, there are going to be new parts of you that you discover. And there are going to be things about you that you shed and things that you have to leave behind and that you let go of. And in the process of becoming this new woman, it can be scary and it can be intimidating because you're finally getting what you want. And for some of you, the forgiveness part of forgiving yourself is being willing to accept that as you are becoming the woman who you've always wanted to be, you deserve to become her. And sometimes based off of our past, based off of our history, based off of our things, our ways that we self-sabotage, we believe that we don't deserve that. We don't deserve to be the woman who we were always created 
it to be because of A, B, or C, or X, Y, or Z, because of all of these different things. And so what we end up doing is we hinder ourselves from getting to, when we find we're getting too close, it's like, oh, this is getting too good. <laughs> this is getting scary now. Like I'm actually walking in purpose. I'm actually doing the things that I have said that I wanted to do. They're not just dreams anymore. I'm actually walking in purpose you start to talk yourself out of it. You start to tell yourself that, oh, no, 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 I'm not deserving of this. This is too, this is too good. This is too much. And then you start to self-sabotage so that you can bring yourself back to the space, back to the place even of which you feel like is deserving. And you do a disservice to yourself when you do that. And as I'm saying that to you, I'm saying that to myself as well. You do a disservice to yourself to go back to the woman, a version of yourself that you are no longer, but you're still familiar with that. You're, you're familiar with that version of you because that, that version was easy. You, you hadn't gone past the limits of what you have thought that you were able to. And to get to a place where you have gone past that, where you're exceeding it, it's scary. And I get it. I absolutely get it. Because some of us have been, we're, we're hidden gems. That's what I'll call us. We are absolutely hidden gems in the sense of we've played the background. We have went unnoticed. We have been quiet. We have um, really allowed everybody else to be in the forefront. And we, we have not tried to be in the forefront. We had no desire for a spotlight or anything like that. And I'm not even saying that there's a desire for that now. But as you are fully coming into who God has created you to be, you see yourself stepping out in ways that you never imagined. You see yourself filling spaces and shoes that you never thought were even created for you. And in doing that, it can become overwhelming. It can make you feel like, what am I doing here? Like, how did I get here? Am, here's a good one. Am I supposed to be here? Because I feel like I'm not. And as a result of that, we can make the mistake of shrinking back and reverting back to a version of us of who we were but no longer fits who we are now and I want you to forgive yourself for that because I want you to be willing to acknowledge and accept and to understand that where you are right now you deserve a seat at that table. You deserve to be in that position. You deserve to be amongst the number. You deserve to be in that space and to stop playing small with you and stop thinking that you're not qualified. You're not good enough. You're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be doing this. You're not capable enough. You absolutely are and you're deserving of being in this space. Now, the last thing I want to talk about in regards to forgiving yourself is to stop playing the soundtrack of your life of how you messed up, okay? I was thinking about it in this sense. Have you ever had a song that you didn't like the song, but you could not get that song out of your head? It's like it was something that was catchy, and no matter how much you hated the song, 
whatever that little lyric was, whatever the chorus was, you literally hear it playing all the time in your head. And it's like, why can't I get this out of my head? I don't even like that song. That is what it's like when we have the soundtrack of our mistakes playing over over and over again in our head, knowing that we don't like that song. And instead of hitting skip, we press rewind. Let's play it all over again. Let me be reminded of how I have messed up. Absolutely not. Can we stop? I want to share something from an article that I found. I'm going to link it in the description box below. But it says, when something bad happens in our life, we usually feel guilty, especially if we see ourselves as a cause or instigator of the negative event. We should have prevented it, stopped it, or done things differently, we think. Over and over, we play the mixtape of guilt and regret. It can become automatic like that song you can't get out of your head no matter how hard you try. And that's exactly what it is like when we are going back and forth with the things that we didn't get right. Learning to identify your negative self-talk can help you hear it and stop it. And some ways to halt the constant guilt talk include label it. So the example that was given is I'm blaming myself or I'm feeling guilty again. So when you find yourself starting to say things that are condemning, that are reminding you of your mistakes, call it what it is. I'm blaming myself. I am making myself feel guilty. Call a thing a thing redirect yourself to another topic. So I think it's important for us to be able to obviously acknowledge and to sit with things, but you also don't want to allow yourself to have the pity party and to allow it to just get in your head and to consume your thoughts. So if you find yourself, if you are having a pity party, let's redirect yourself, redirect the topic so that you can get yourself back into a better space. Another thing that I talked about in dealing with guilt talk is to reframe it. So examine it from a different perspective or viewpoint. And this here is really important to do, in my opinion. This isn't something that's referenced in the article, but in my opinion, I think it's really important to do this with someone else, whether it's a therapist, talking to your friend, your mom, whoever it might be, because we tend to hear things in one way. And a lot of times when we're in our head, we don't see any other side except for ours. We see the struggle, right? And so when we are communicating what we're experiencing, what we're thinking to someone else, they're able to help you to see like, hey, that's some stinking thinking that you have going on. I used to teach a class for, I work in the criminal justice field and I worked for state probation and parole. There was a class that I had to teach called Thinking for a Change. And one of the things that we talked about was stinking thinking. And some of us have some stinking thinking. <laughs> some things in our head, some thoughts that we have that are really not, it's not even just a thing of unhealthy, it's unkind. It's really unkind of how we think about ourselves and how we are, how we lack patience with our process of making mistakes and being able to get over that. And as you are talking to someone, they're able to help you to be able to point out those things that are in error, also to point out those things that are very negative and more so condemning than helpful in you being able to move forward. And then another thing that was mentioned was to change the music. So consider what you've learned from the event and then change the station. <laughs> like whenever you have the song that you don't like, well, I can't speak for everybody, but if I have a song that's playing and I don't like it or I don't want to hear it, I pick a new song. And some of us need to pick a new song because we have been playing and replaying all of the things that we have done wrong. And it is a sad lullaby. And it's time for us to change the music, to change the song to something that is really going to speak life for us to be able to move forward. 
And the last thing I want to say is one of the ways that can truly help you to be able to learn how to forgive yourself is receiving forgiveness. Because when you're able to receive forgiveness, you're able to extend it to others, but you're also able to extend it to yourself. And I always think back to the scripture, 1 John 1, 9, where it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And how God is willing to forgive us in spite of us. Um, there's another verse that talks about how Jesus died for our sins when we were yet sinners, when we were still out here wilding, sinning, doing all kinds of craziness. Jesus died for our sins and God forgave us as a result of that. And I bring that up because there are going to be some people who you encounter in life who refuse to forgive you for different things that you do for whatever reason, that's their prerogative. But it's something about being able to receive forgiveness when you feel like you're undeserving of it, when you feel as though you are not worthy of it, when you know for a fact that you were wrong, but to be able to receive forgiveness from God and to know that your slate is washed clean. It's not something that is like, I'm going to forgive you, but I'm also going to bring it up a month from now to remind you of how much you suck. It's like, no, that's not what we're doing here. I've forgiven you. I'm not keeping record of it. I'm not going to throw it back in your face later like some people have done. I'm forgiving you and I'm going to fully accept you back as my daughter. And some of us have wrestled with the this feeling of forgiveness being conditional by people or this feeling of I forgive you, but as soon as we have a breakdown in communication, I don't forgive you anymore. And I'm going to remind you of all the wrong, all the bad that you've done. And that's not how God operates. And so I want to encourage you that if you're someone who is struggling with forgiveness to really allow yourself um, to spend time in scripture, looking up verses on forgiveness and also really look at what it looks like to to receive the forgiveness of God and to receive the forgiveness of a father because it can be difficult to receive the love and forgiveness of a father when you did not have that in your natural father. And so that may not be something that is easy, comfortable, familiar for you. So as you grow and develop your relationship with God and you're able to see that his forgiveness is not something that is weighty, it's not something that is held over your head of you did this and now you should be doing these things for me. It's, it's not like that. And I want to encourage you that as you're going through your forgiveness process, as you're going through your process of healing from disappointment, to just really allow yourself to receive forgiveness for yourself, to know that God has forgiven you. So how dare you hold you against you? You, you know what I mean? Like, how dare you continue to hold the weight of your guilt, your shame, condemnation, all of that over yourself? You don't have to carry that weight. It's already been lifted off of you. So don't carry around baggage that, oof that is no longer yours. Why are you carrying around baggage that no longer belongs to you? Drop that stuff off at baggage claims, okay? Because it's no longer yours. And you don't have to carry around that weight any longer. So I hope that this has been helpful and encouraging to you all. Listen, guys, we have exactly 
two more episodes of season two left and next week's episode if everything goes well will be with one of my friends we'll be talking about navigating broken friendships and I'm really looking forward to having that conversation and then for the last episode I wanted to do a listeners questions episode and so I'll be posting on my Instagram here soon about how you can leave questions but if you're watching this on my YouTube channel you can drop questions in the comment section at any point and I'll make sure to answer those but get your questions in no later than May 24th because that's when I'll be recording for the final episode so make sure that you get your questions in and yeah I'm excited about wrapping up this season I've already started thinking about season three so season three will be coming out more than likely very late summer very early fall but I will announce the date for that and everything in a few months but yes I hope that you all have enjoyed season two thus far we're almost done hope you all have an amazing week and until next time be whole be healed and be authentic bye